You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Bulldog Hour's third season. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Rathoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. You know, uh, we're, we're getting to that point in the season where, you know, we're, there, there's a lot of different things coming into play, and we hope to touch on uh, a number of those in, in this episode. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, we are conducting a show following a loss by Wilson which hasn't happened in the month of October in a very, very long time. So we will be saying goodbye to the consecutive victory streak over LL Section 1 teams. But there is a lot on the bright side to talk about tonight, including a milestone win for the program in general and continuing other streaks that the teams over the last multiple decades have built upon themselves so it's obviously not all doom and gloom. As we know, we had a, a win this past Friday night, got back in that W column, and we're excited to bring you the recap of the MT game and the Hempfield game, preview the Conestoga Valley game, and take a one-week early look at the potential playoff schedule because it's very, very likely, almost, I think, guaranteed that Wilson will make the playoffs. Yeah, so, you know, they have a little bit of business to kind of handle here in the last week, but... um you know, the possibilities are wide ranging. Um, and, you know, and some of the media guys um, have been sending out possible scenarios. And really, with with um, the mid-pen, and I know we're not a mid-pen show, but with the mid-pen chaos, it comes up every every week on the, or every time we do the show. Um, there's so much unsettled, and it's going to continue this last week because there are some crazy matchups this week in the mid-pen as well that'll stir things up. So because of that, um, you know, We'll take a look at some of the possibilities, but it's kind of fun to think about what what could be uh, in in the next few weeks, not just next week um, on Friday night. So should be fun. Yeah, there's going to be an entertaining end to the 2017 regular season. Crazy to think that we're already talking about that, but here we are. Yeah, Halloween just two days away. Week ten st- kicks off. Uh, I'm sure, for someone around the state, excuse me, on Thursday, and then Friday we'll get the full. Dose of games, including Wilson hosting Conestoga Valley. But before we get to the recaps, the previews, and all the minutiae, let's remind everyone about the business we got to take care of here. Follow and interact, multiple ways to do that. Hit up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to get everything from the Bulldog Hour and Wilson Bulldogs football in general. Uh, check out at Bulldog Hour or at Wilson Bulldogs. You can also follow Justin and I at Coach Joe Mays and at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. And the entire back archive of the Bulldog Hour, including seasons one and two from 2015 and 2016, are available at youtube.com slash user slash Joe Mays and JRAF show. We also accept emails show at bulldoghour.com or joe at bulldoghour.com or if you go to the website there is a contact form for you there as well and we always want to make sure we thank our sponsors because without them we probably wouldn't be able to keep doing this at may sandwich shop and my dad has been with us since the start he's been very helpful the company has over the last three years 
We had a new contributor this year. We mentioned in the last few shows, but we'll say it again. Matt Cruz, thank you so much for your donation. And he helped us out last year. And just this past Friday night, we met him at Hempfield. We got to talk to him. And you'll be hearing from him in a little bit. But we do want to thank Andy Herr once again because he uh, picked up uh, the Bulldog Hour tab on yeah. Friday night at uh, the pizza place we went to after the victory over Hempfield. So thanks once again to Andy Herr for all his support yeah. over the years as well. Yeah, any way you want to step up like that, we'll we'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we will take thanks, that. <laughs> and not only do Justin and I appreciate it, but uh, Justin Burke as well, our, my uh, videographer. I'll give him a shout-out here. Mm-hmm. I want to mention him because while Justin's up helping the team on Friday nights and I'm doing pictures, well, we've been in high demand to get video out to the people, and we've been able to do that because of Justin Burke. He's a... A class of 2013 graduate, he played was a senior on the fall of 2012 team, and he's really helped me out taking care of the video game. So if you've watched any of the video contact, or excuse me, the video content on Friday nights, the actual game streams, uh, that is coming from us, and uh, Justin Burke is uh, taking care of that, holding the uh, cell phone or the iPad, whatever the case may be. So we appreciate him, and uh, if you see him or you see us, uh, definitely uh, uh, tell him you appreciate his efforts. And I don't, I'd be remiss, you know, we can't say their name, but they know who they are. So always thank our anonymous supporter. Three years in a row, they've uh, contributed to the show, and we appreciate them a lot. We want to make sure that these people get show t-shirts that have come in. Uh, of course, we want to make sure that they get them. Andy, Bruce, uh, the coaches have gotten theirs, the kids we've interviewed, but we have a shirt for Matt Cruz, uh, and our anonymous sponsors as well. So if you're interested in supporting the show, you can do that via sponsorships and advertising, these in-kind donations. And, um, well, I'll let Justin handle this next one. Oh, likes and shares. There we go. Likes yeah, and he shares. got it. He's on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Just spread the word. That helps a lot. So visit BulldogHour.com and get all that information that you need right there. All right, so we got a live show tonight. Obviously, we're doing that right now, but we are actually going to toss up the schedule a little bit. We're going to be back next week. Yes, two live shows in a row. So next Sunday at 8.30, following the Week 10 game versus Conestoga Valley on Sunday, November 5th, we'll be here to wrap up the 2017 regular season and preview the playoffs. Yeah, certainly hope to be making a preview as well. Yeah, so that would that would be um, – hopefully it'll be another fun one next week. Yeah, we – yeah, we they got to take care of business, and if yeah. they take care of business, we will be in the playoffs. We're yeah. not dropping out of eight. No. Uh, and if they win and stuff happens in front of them, we'll talk about it more at the end, but uh, Wilson has a very slim chance of hosting a playoff game. Yeah, so I have to wait and see. But uh, like we said, handle our business first. Um, but I think first we're going to get to uh, some of the things that have happened the last few weeks uh, before we start looking ahead too far. Yeah, well, let's take a look at the schedule that we posted at the beginning of the year. Crazy to think we're now in the far right column the top one on the far right is the one coming up, and uh, the other five are yet to be determined if those are going to take place with the Bulldogs, but we know November 3rd we're hosting Conestoga Valley, but we are going to recap the games against Hempfield this past Friday and Mannheim Township two weeks ago right now. So things didn't go the Bulldogs' way two weeks ago at Mannheim Township, the Week 8 game on October 20th. The Bulldogs fell to the Blue Streaks. 38 to 14 that, that that score is a little misleading i know if you're looking at the box score or just looking at the final a lot of people are going to think that wilson got got beat up pretty good uh but i mean in reality with seven or eight minutes left in the game it was 21 14 
No. Yeah, Wilson yeah. kind of got into desperation mode after <laughs> um, a non-call and a fumble uh, went against Wilson. Township maintained possession and scored on the next play. And then Wilson was out of their element trying to play from behind so late in the game. You start having to throw passes, maybe you know calls you don't want to call against a defense like that. And uh, it just snowballed a little bit at the end. But it was a close game. Some crazy things happened, yeah. which we'll get to in the highlights. But, you know, I, all good things come to an end. And it was you're six days short of a decade without losing a section game. I guess uh, the football gods deemed it was time for that to end. Yeah, and, and when you look at it, you know, um, like you mentioned, the score may not – the score may indicate that it – or give you the impression it was a little more dominant than it was. Um, but I I don't know. To, to be fair, in my opinion, to Township, I feel like they, they were – they had control, quote unquote control, right, right. the majority of the game. I would have been surprised it wasn't a dominating... if they didn't win the way the game was going. Absolutely, but like you said, it was it played itself out a little closer than the final score would indicate as well. So it, right. you know, somewhere in between, it's not the dominant performance, but it wasn't like it was a complete toss up either. You know, so um, but it it probably was a little closer. Well, it definitely was a little closer than the score indicated. But uh, we'll kind of get through some of that. Yeah, so you know, we'll get to the highlights. We'll just mention some of the, the team stats before we move on. But, you know, first downs, Wilson actually had more first downs than Manheim Township, yeah. 15 to 11. But now you'll see in the next two categories, they weren't able to do much with those opportunities. Wilson gained just 69 yards on the ground, whereas Townships got up to 162. Wilson under 100 passing yards at 95. Township just over at 109. Total yards, you know, combining those, 164 to 271 in favor of the Blue Streaks. So, Wilson unable to do much on offense other really than two drives. There were two drives, one beautiful to start the game. The opening yeah. drive was just exquisite. The Bulldogs looked like they were going to be able to uh, go toe-to-toe and maybe pull this one out. Judging just by those first few minutes, they had a great drive the length of the field and and got on the board with a score, a nice yard to uh, Johnson touchdown pass, but... They wouldn't get much going again then until right before halftime, and then that would be it. They wouldn't score it on the second half. So offense had a little bit of trouble down in Neffsville. Time of possession, pretty even though it actually favored the Bulldogs. That may surprise some people. 25-24 to Township's 22-36. And uh, this is a big one, although it's overshadowed just because Township struggled in the area as well. Wilson was just 3-for-12 on third down. The Blue Streak's 4-of-11. Fourth down, Township was perfect, two of two. Wilson, 50%, two of four. And both teams were 100% in the red zone, though, each going two of two. The the biggest thing is Wilson unable to do much when they had the ball. They were able to hold on to the ball for a while, but they just they kind of turned their wheels, right. spun their get wheels. A, get a first down or two, and then it kind of stalled out. Um, and it seemed like, you know, it, it wasn't... Um, you know, any one thing. Like, you don't look and it's like, oh, it was penalties. They kept shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Or, oh, they just missed a play here, missed a play there. It's kind of just like this drive, it would be one thing. The next drive, it would be a different thing. Yeah. It, but it's certainly what they weren't clicking. After that first drive, they weren't really clicking much on offense. And that that kind of showed. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's tough to do that. It's tough to snap out of that funk against any team. And, Again, they're going against one of the better teams and one of the better defenses they're going to face this year. It's even harder then, you know. So um, yeah, they had to play close to a perfect game. Right? Was it a perfect game? Absolutely no. not. No. So you know, when you look at that, it, 
it's not enough to get you where you where you want or need to be at the end and you know and that's that's how we end up with the result you know it's i don't know it, it's it's kind of hard we talked about it a lot it's there's only so much you can do you know it's it's not like like i said it's, it's not like they're not prepared it's not like they're not out there you know trying their hardest you know it's like it's just township had it all going like they you know the two teams needed or wilson needed to play a close to perfect game and they didn't and township they didn't play a perfect game but they played really well yeah and that combination was not going to give us a favorable outcome for the for the bulldogs on friday night if you had told us that ahead of time that wilson plays you know a good game but not not great and township plays a really good game you know, I don't think you would have had a lot of takers on that. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, when it comes to this this streak against uh, the LL Section 1 teams, the consecutive wins ending, you know, I, I think people were disappointed, but I think everyone is just in awe at it to begin with that right. it had to come to an end at some point. When does a team not lose a game in their league for 10 years? Right. And to be, like, if you look at it, it... It wasn't like they lost to Lebanon the week before, right. or they lost to you know a Penn Manor team like this year. For you know, like sixty-eight it, games, they right. won the games they were supposed to win, and a few, and the few they that they probably won. shouldn't or, right. or or weren't expected to win. Right, and finally one where it was a at best a toss-up. Right, we saw at the beginning of the season everyone a lot of people saying Township was the team to beat. You know, caught up to them, but you know, sixty-eight. It'll be tough for anyone to match that. You know, yeah. I know some people will say, like, look at Mifflin's run and the Burks Burks won, but they had a loss in there. Right. And it's going to be even tougher because LL teams are about the, well, at least the top section teams are about to lose a game right. um, each year because they're right. going to have the and crossover The games. crossover game doesn't count because it's not, it's a non-league game right. with an intersection. Because team. Wilson has a loss to Mannheim Central in this Correct. stretch, but yeah. it wasn't, it was a not, it was a true Actually, non-league game. they have two. Right. It was a true non-league game. It right. was not a... Um, it, it was not a, a section game, so it, it didn't count. I know they lost at Mannheim Central one year. They, I don't I don't remember what year that was. It was I'm a while think, ago. No, yeah, I'm trying to think. Did they play them in 9, 10, 11, and 12? I thought they only played them two years. I don't know that for sure, but I thought they only played them two years. Hmm. Yeah, but anyways, they, they played and uh, beat and lost to Mannheim Central during this streak. So, um, But, you know... Hats off to everyone. I said it after yeah. the game to players, coaches, you know, the, the, the staff, you know, the, the training staff, the equipment staff, everyone that had a piece in this program, including family and friends and supporters of the program, the community. Like um, the Reading Eagle said, it's one of the greatest athletic achievements in Burke's history. Yeah, it is. And like you said, it, you're going to be hard-pressed to, to match that. So, you know, but hey. You know, it, it the reality sets in, and uh, you know we'll we'll take a look at it here, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of talk about how, hopefully, a little bit about how the team uh, regrouped. So, yeah, let's take a look at the highlights from the loss in Neffsville to the Manheim Township Blue Streaks here. So, our Week Eight recap. I'm going to start off um, with the opening Bulldog Drive here. The touchdown from Jurg to Johnson that I alluded to earlier. A beautiful pitch and catch right there. That was perfect. And I'm hanging out down there taking pictures. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, Township would drive right down the next series and tie it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of took the momentum away from the Bulldogs who controlled the first quarter. And then 
The Township got the ball back the next time, and in the Wildcat formation with Grayson Saladay, he takes a 40-plus to go up 14-7. to Yeah, so then Wilson is able um, to, to drive down again and this get a right score. This is right before halftime. Right. It, Chris with, Roberson. With, yeah, maybe 30 seconds yeah. or something like 35 seconds left before half, and then... Then this happens. All chaos so happens. I'm pausing it here because it's uh, it, it's one of those crazy plays that happens once a year in some game. You know, a weird bounce. You think someone's down and they're not. You know, whatever be the case. Well, here we're going to see just a right place, right time moment from Manheim Township. You hear, you see Emge drop back, avoid the rush, throw the pass. The defender was interfered with, so it was a flag, but it actually bounced off the defender's back into another receiver's arm for the Blue Streaks, and that put them up right. 21-14 at halftime. And then Wilson, in the this is in the... Oh, that's no, actually, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> this is in the third quarter here. I'll back it up a little bit. So Wilson, Wilson, instead of being tied at half, was down with one second 14. to go. It was right. twenty-one to fourteen. So the half ends. Wilson comes out. Third quarter here. They're driving close to midfield, and Yurig is looking for freshman Troy Corson on the pass. And let's take a look at it again and then talk about it. So it looks like an interception, but then as he's coming to the ground, Troy ends up with the ball on his back. Now. It's really tough to say, but we do know for certain that the call that was made on the field was the incorrect call because in no way could that ball be incomplete. Right. It, was, it had to be an interception or a completion. Right. It had to be one or the other, and the refs weren't sure or didn't have the guts to call one or the other. So what they did was they they just they went and said incompletion. So here it is again if you're watching. Yurig ball looks picked, and Troy eventually comes down. Ball doesn't down hit with the it. ground. Ball never hits the ground. Not <laughs> incomplete. But here's the thing: did did the township defender have control when he came down? Right, and was he when he was quote unquote down? Is he on top of Troy? Because that's not. He's also down. not down. Right. So then, it, then it could be an interception that is a fumble. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's tough to tell, and obviously this isn't like the crispest high def. Um, the videographer is not the best, so a um, little bit of a, a, a focus issue. Um, it's definitely not the equipment. It's definitely the person doing it, though. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know what to say about it because, like, I, I mean, this I'm, well, obviously I'm taking digs at Justin here, but right. like, really, unless you have like a 4K camera well, that's perfectly calibrated, I have no idea how you tell. And especially right. the refs in the way too. Right. Like, you can't even it, see when he's down. Right. The thing is, and you and I both agreed. If they're going to call it an interception, please call it incomplete. You know, like, so right. if that's the way it was going to go, and when, I, we don't know what they talked about. They, they, we don't know if they said it's either an incompletion or an interception. Well, then I'm glad they called it an interception or incompletion because then at least we had another shot. But When it was live, I thought it was an interception. So I did when too. I saw Troy with the ball and them debating, I was like, if you're going to call it incomplete, I'll take it because I think it's a pick. Right. Now, watching the replay, I'm back to 50-50. I right. don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And that's I mean, why I kind of understand why they're like incomplete because we don't know either. Right. But And they like, don't have the luxury of seeing it again. Right. Like, it's just live, you know, and I don't think they had any idea what to do. And you see they kind of get together here. Right away. They start and both talking. teams are like, first down, first down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, it was incomplete. Um, the Wilson drive ended, 
And now here, you're going to see the fumble. And I pause it right here when he first gets hit. He's going to get hit again and go to the ground. But where did the ball come out? And again, it's not clear enough um, to tell for sure. He fumbles. The ball is out there, and he's also on the ground. But when was the ball coming out is always the question. And right there, it's a clear recovery by Wilson. And we think we have the ball down a score. Um, unfortunately, they didn't see it that way. And again, it's another one of those... They don't have replay, and if they did, it better be crisp because it was really close. Right, yeah. So that's one of those tough ones. And it's not these individually. You know, like we, we've talked about this all year. It just seems like those types of bounces or breaks just ha haven't gone our way in any game. Yeah. You know, like... It's been a tough you know, year for you, that, those it, It's hard draw. to overcome that in, in a single game, but it feels like those bounces have just gone against us. Or like the ball bouncing off a defender into the end zone. Right. Or into the hands of another receiver. Like that, you know, that those unfortunate things have happened a lot. And, you know, that just kind of just helps a team that, that didn't really need any extra help. What compounds <laughs> this misery is yeah. that the next play, this happens. Yeah. It looks like it's played well. And they get a block, a missed, couple missed tackles. They're off to the races. And this is the one that essentially sealed the deal. Yeah. This put them up two scores with like seven and a half minutes to play. Uh, they get the ball back again after stopping Wilson. They kick a field goal. Now they're up 31-14. And now Wilson's in deep desperation mode. They just start chucking it up, you know, almost basically four verticals. And this one's picked off and returned for a touchdown, I believe, by Saladay. I believe so, yes. Um, who, who was their best player in this game. Yes. Uh, they had a, a lot of good players, but Saladay stood out for sure. And now, again, this is we're down 38-14, and now once once more another deep pass intercepted, and that's uh, pretty much how it would end. They would uh, get in victory formation, and we would see uh, the final score. And 38-14, uh, Blue Streaks beat the Bulldogs. Yep. So, as we mentioned, you know, it, there's not a lot else to really, you know, say about, you know, the the team or, or the game. Um, I know we have a few stats we'll run through. Yep. But yeah, you know, just it, it was one of those where we needed we needed everything to kind of go our way, including the things we can control and, and some of those bounces, and it just didn't happen. So you know what? If you can ha if you have those games once every ten years, hey, yeah. what, what can you say? Right, I, it's tough. You know, it is what it is. Obviously, everyone would have wanted the win. I think everyone likes to see it get to that next ten digits. You know, it was so close to seventy. I think right. we wanted to see right. it get there. Uh, but you know at that at that point though everyone's like well get to seventy five you know seventy five that's a good you know it would just keep spiraling and no one would ever be happy but it's an incredible incredible accomplishment and anyone that had handed it man uh, hats off to you so let's run through some stats here from the game for the individuals uh, Connor Yurg was fifteen of twenty seven for ninety five yards two touchdowns passing to Johnson and Roberson he also rushed nine times for twelve yards Iggy. Tough going, 20 carries for 70, or excuse me, 20 carries for 50 yards rushing, and but he was held at two receptions for minus two yards receiving. Yeah. So they definitely That's shut him down. That's something haven't seen this year. Um, not only in the rushing game, uh, meager yards per carry, but he was not able to get it going in the air either. Now, McFoy made up for that a little bit. He contributed seven catches for 55 yards, but his two rushes went for just seven total. I mentioned Johnson had a touchdown from his tight end spot. He caught four balls for 20 yards. Roberson. Besides the one touchdown, he also had another catch, uh, two for 22. Defensively, Andrew Weller, outside linebacker, six tackles, one of them for loss on the sack. 
Hatley had five tackles, a half of that a loss, and Price also four tackles in the game. So it was. this is always a tough call after yeah. a loss like this where nothing seems to get going on offense. Where do you go with um, our player of the game? And, um, you know, we just kind of looked at the defensive side of the ball and we went to with someone who we've seen here before and we're going to give it to him for his efforts against Mannheim Township. And that is senior wide receiver and outside linebacker Andrew Weller. Again, I said it before, but I'll say it again. Six tackles, one of them for loss on the sack. So congratulations to Weller for earning his second player of the game award. I'm sure he'll tell me that it's worthless because both of them have come in losses. Yeah, yeah. And we we'll actually we'll, we talked to him after the Hempfield game, so we'll we'll hear from Andrew in a little bit. So, anything else to say about the township game? No, I mean you know it was one of those things like we said, all good things have to come to an end some point. Um, you know, so here here it became all right. So they're the first Bulldog team to have to come back from a league loss in ten years. How do they respond? And you know, fortunately, uh, we were able to see. Um, how they respond. And, you know, uh, the tough thing was they, they didn't have a team that was going to roll over. And now teams, you know, smelled kind of a little bit of blood in the water kind of thing. You know, everybody wants their shot. You know, everybody wants their shot against Wilson. We have that every year. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden teams maybe, you know, th- there have been times where some of the writers have talked about how, like, the streak wa- the streak is why Wilson has won because, like, teams start to get in their head. like the And while the pressure, you know, is on Wilson to win – there's also pressure on that other team because they realize, they know exactly what's going on. Yep. And you could say that about Hempfield two years ago oh, when we sure. went there. You know, for like, sure. Um, and that was, you know, to either tie or to break the record for the Yeah, the I can't remember wins. the Manheim Central record. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, and that was a huge game and, and all this stuff. And, you know, there, that's one where a number of writers were like, the streak prevailed in yeah. this game. Like, just because that's what it was. So, to not have that, you know, sometimes, you know, teams start thinking, oh, well, you know, this isn't the same old. Well, Wilson had to prove those people wrong. And um, fortunately, they were they were able to get back on track. Yeah. And before we talk about the Hempville football game, we actually caught up with our buddy Andy Herr. We mentioned earlier he was there to cover the Bulldogs against the Black Knights in Landisville. And we're, you know, we're trying to get some interviews from people uh, that cover the team as well or are interested in high school football. We brought you an interview with EasternPAFootball.com's Bruce Badgley a few weeks ago, and here we are with his uh, his his teammate at EPA Football, Andy Herr, and Justin and I interviewed him before the game just this past Friday night. So we're going to hear from Andy right now. Just now is Andy Herr, a media member and reporter from EasternPAFootball.com. Uh, thank you for joining us, Andy, here on a little impromptu interview for this episode of The Blog Hour. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. So you're our second guest here in this little Meet the Media profile here. We got your buddy Bruce Badgley yep. a few weeks ago. Yep. And uh, we're, we're glad to be talking to you here before Wilson takes on Hempfield here in week nine. I can't believe it's week nine already. I still can't believe we got two weeks. I just want to start the playoffs already. <laughs> it's time to get, get to that point where the games really matter. So uh, we'll go through the same questions that we asked Bruce. Yep. Uh, and I know I know you've seen that interview, so I'm sure you're ready. I studied you, it. You can one-up him, you know. <laughs> that, that won't be hard to do, trust me. <laughs> so uh, how long have you been covering high school football? For football, this is actually my second year. Um, got started with Eastern PA back in uh, last year, 2016. I've always been a fan my whole life. Uh, I've been going to games 
before I went off to college at Nebraska and then obviously since I got back, which was the fall of 2013. So I've been going to games this whole time. But basically the way this all took shape is I was tweeting from the LL All-Star game on Memorial Day weekend back in 2016, I believe it was. And Bruce actually stumbled on my tweets and stuff. And he thought, wow, this is perfect. I'm a Burks guy, but I'm also a District 3 guy. If we have an LL guy, Andy, you look like the perfect profile for this. Why don't you come aboard and you know, help me out with this. So got the lowdown on it, couldn't pass it up. And like I said, the privileges as far as meeting the teams and the coaches and everything, man, I couldn't ask for meeting great guys like you too. That does hurt as well. Well, well, we appreciate that. And we appreciate all coverage, you, Bruce, EPA, and all the guys uh, in Absolutely. District 3 give us all the time. Uh, you kind of alluded to this already, but you know, do you cover another sport? I do, but why don't oh, you yeah. let us know you do? I do. In the wintertime, uh, I'm all at llhoops.com. Uh, so anything that anything and everything as far as LL boys basketball, uh, I'm kind of your source. I have another source, obviously, Dell Jackson, who runs llhoops.com. He is the czar of everything, but I am his right-hand right hand man, if you will. And also, this year, Bruce is actually going to be helping us out. We're going to have a little uh, Brooks County beat. He's going to be out and about on weeknights, and then me and him are going to tag team maybe an LL game of the week on a Friday night or so. Uh, maybe we'll up the replay locker coverage and really get a whole like Super Bowl-type atmosphere for a Friday night or a Brooks and LL interstitial matchup. So really looking forward to that, and I'm waiting for hoops, man. Sorry, uh, you're man. a basketball guy. Oh, yeah. you're, you're just waiting. A couple more weeks. Couple you know, more once weeks. football playoffs are well away, you know basketball is uh, – is here to stay. I'm multitasking. We already had some of the schedules come out today. I've been retweeting, like, been looking at some of the attractive matchups to get to, so I'm all ready to go. Yeah, it's, it's cool to get the uh, the overlap between the two of you. You know, you're a basketball guy, you yeah. decided to do football. Bruce is a football guy, now he's going to do basketball. And he mentioned that on our interview uh, yeah. a few months back that he was going to be working on hoop, so that's really cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, how did you get? Uh, the job with Eastern PA football, how, how did you become a, a media guy for them? I kind of went over it already. I mean, I was doing the um, uh, LL All-Star game, the Tri-County All-Star game a couple years ago. I was doing the um, uh, the live scoring updates and everything. And like I said, it Bruce's attention because obviously he wasn't doing it. Nobody from Eastern PA was. And he kind of thought, wow, you know, again, a great guy to cover the LL beat. Uh, I was already kind of doing a little bit of network on the side uh, for sites. But uh, this is like the full-fledged, legit, um, you know, organization with as far as covering football so like i said i've been blessed to have the opportunity and i just hope i'm doing a good job i don't know i mean people read my stuff they might think otherwise but i don't know i'm trying my best so hey you're doing great well, we appreciate, appreciate the coverage and not you know not just the wilson stuff but anything in the ll get the leagues they've out there and across the three and it's nice to see it's not always the marquee matchup right. that you get to you make sure you hit all the teams throughout right. all the sections right in the league. right and that's the thing too about that i don't know a lot of people might know but we have no sort of commitments we have full full reign to wherever we want on any single night so if ever you see me out and about a game i want to be at your game so hemfield and wilson tonight i want to be here and i think that helps naturally because if you're kind of pitch and hold in the game you don't really want to do maybe your coverage won't be as fantastic but obviously be somewhere just naturally your enthusiasm has come out and hopefully i bring that to everybody and i do try to cover as many possible as far as the basketball side i'm probably the only person on earth the last three years that has seen every single ll boys basketball team at least once so that's kind of my claim to fitness on the basketball side but i love it. i mean interacting and going everywhere it's just my pride and joy it's a labor of love for sure what's your favorite part of covering high school uh, no, it's just meeting all the people. I mean, because before, just a little dude going to games, and even since I've been, you know, back from school, I was just sitting in the stands and watching everything from afar. But really getting to know these coaches, the psychology behind everything, I mean, it's just, it's just awesome. Like I said, I mean, if I can be recognized in a little bit, I mean, that never hurts. So, I mean, I just love interacting with everybody and, you know, just getting expressed. I guess that's just really a thrill for me. 
Now this is kind of a weird question we have. We just want you know kind of dispel if there's any um, issues you've ever run into with people wondering about the job or maybe some uh, misconception of you as a Scholastic Media member. Is there anything out there you've ever gotten? You're like, well, that's not accurate at all. Not, not really. Like I said, I everything's been been good for me. Uh, I unless you're trying to get me to. Something, no, no. I'm not thinking that's possible too. I might not be it right now, but I can give anything off. No, the top there's of no my hidden head. agenda or hidden question. I just I like about the bulldog. If you're ready biases or types of reporting, then you're like that. I mean, that's not how I do this. No, I mean, and I went to Warwick, so Warwick is my alma mater. But I have no like dead set allegiance to it. Like I said, I've been going to games forever. I've seen everybody. I was technically a McCaskey fan growing up for watching their basketball teams. I mean, Perry Patterson, Dustin oh, Salisbury, yeah. Akeem Washington. Now I'm just naming all the football guys, Laquan Lee. Yep, so yep. yeah, I mean, I'm just an LL guy at heart. So this is for me. Well, those are the guys that were playing while I was playing. So I'm very familiar with those names. Uh, what is the most memorable game you have come to do? For football-wise, I would say it was last year's Brave uh, Pequay Valley, not Herrera. Uh, Pequay Valley came all back. I bet what the score was. I think they were down by two touchdowns or something in the fourth quarter. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but Dr. Herrera is a huge rival there. They're in Chester County. They straddle the Lansing line with PV. And I think people are going to be exposed to that rivalry with Dr. Herrera coming in here next year. But uh, it's a big deal down there. It, Pequay Valley got them here before in a close game. And like I said, they rallied. It didn't look like they were going to come back. Thankfully for KKD, just the emotion on the sidelines after the game was just so raw and so cool to see. I mean, normally, you guys know, after a game, everybody huddles up on their own side of the field. Coach gets beach and whatever. This didn't happen on the night. Players were in the stands. Fans were down on the field. And you just saw coaches going around to each other with tears in their eyes saying, like, guys, this is what this is all about. I mean, it doesn't better than that as a high school football fan. That's that awesome experience. What an atmosphere. Uh, who's the most dominant player, football player you've covered? Uh, that maybe, maybe not as a media member, maybe one you remember watching of the last few years when you're getting into this. It's got to be. Micah. I mean, it has to be. That, I mean, that's kind of, you know, it's he's just a of, freak. I almost maybe should ask outside of Michael Parsons, who's the most dominant? But no, that's the obvious answer. I mean, that's what Bruce right. said, and we kind of said the same thing when we interviewed him. Parsons has to be it, right? I've yep. seen someone with that. He, he's he and this Harrisburg team is a once in a generation player or once in a lifetime player, and this is a once in a generation Harrisburg team. So. I hope Harrisburg is enjoying the ride because, I mean, this is going to be one of the ages. And hopefully for their sake, they're able to bring the state title home because they got a darn good shot at doing so. All right. Well, I think Justin has a question for you, so uh, we'll let him throw yeah, this so one in. I'm going to modify just a little bit. So what's your What's your favorite place that you've, <laughs> I, I, that you've covered I know a football game? But I'm also going to ask for basketball. I know we've talked about this before. So I'm right. lobbing a softball this, up there. You don't have to hit it because I know no, we've talked about it before. I just, I just no, had to ask. I couldn't not ask in this situation. You're setting this up for me right on the D, and I'm going to stripe this out. one down the fairway. Oh. <laughs> uh, which is something that never happens on the golf course in real life. Uh, but football-wise, uh, this is a great place. You guys are a great place. I call it the Taj Mahal. I haven't been to Taj Mahal in a couple of years. I do for a visit. Uh, as far as atmosphere for football, I'm going to say CV Conestoga Valley just because, I mean, it's a brand new facility. It's a fast track. Um, they have the concession stand that's just, that just reeks of like the barbecue and burgers oh, yeah. and the smoke just walks over the, the grandstand. You see it in the light. And if you look off uh, into the one corner, when you're looking from the press box, all you see is a cornfield. And I mean, how can yep. you get much more Lancaster County Friday Night Football yeah, than that? They got beautiful pictures there last year. Yeah. Uh, Bell-wise, uh, there's not about this one. This one takes a cake. Uh, it's on the hill at Columbia. You're old stomping grounds. Uh, there's nothing like seeing a basketball in Columbia. I mean, the gym is so small. It's just a cinder block and kick gym. Sound just bounces off wall. Columbia is an awesome town, uh, even if they're not having a great year. I mean, they're a small town. Well, they are a small town, but they have like a big city feel to them. And I mean, you know that as well as anybody. I mean, they'll travel anywhere. They travel up the hill every night. I mean, it's so tight where if someone's going out to the concession stand to get some tax or something, we'll have to stop the game on a side out and let everybody go or everybody stop. <laughs> 
I mean, definitely that is the place to check out. I'm excited to get, hopefully Bruce will be game to go up there. Awesome. We can give that the Super Bowl treatment, Coach Glover. Yeah, I was gonna say Coach Glover got, I'm going in the right direction. He's yeah. my man. He, Special note about Coach Glover, he's actually my quote-unquote baseball trainer over at Spooky Nook. So oh, nice. He has me in the gym trying to work on my threes, but I don't think I need much more on that. <laughs> but, but he's always a great help as far as uh, basketball-wise or just even me in the gym wise. So he's a fantastic guy. Yeah, you've been covered some, some great matchups, some big rivalry games, some of the huge implications in the playoffs. You mentioned, you know, just before we started this, you're doing Wyoming birth Catholic next week, backyard yeah. ball. But what is a game you want to win? Whether, you know, it's a state title, a, a specific matchup, yeah. what's one out there that you're like, I'd love to uh, Kind of steal, to steal an answer from Bruce, it would be, in my case, an LL team maybe kind of going through the playoffs and going to state finals. As far as school football, we touch about this on our show all the time. If you come out District 3 in the Final Four, so you got a great shot to make the state final anyway. Uh, I think a more quote-unquote realistic goal uh, or a more, more realistic game to happen that I'd like to cover would be Effortus' first win. Um, I mean, I've been Effortus' biggest cheerleader here. I mean, I go to every year. I like seeing the progress they're making every single year. And everybody's been saying they're they are. Um, you know, they're going to get some help with some teams that are coming into Section 3 next year than some of the teams that are. I've seen a few of those teams and seeing Effortus as well. It's gonna happen, probably going to happen next year. So hopefully I'll try and scour and see what's a winnable game. Because, I mean, like I touched about with the Pianocker game from uh, last year, it's that raw mode. How much more emotion can you get in a team that'll win the first game since Halloween 2012? I mean, that it doesn't get any better than that. So that's one game. Hopefully, I'm lucky enough to cover. But uh, even if I'm not, I hope Effort gets this losing uh, streak snapped here pretty soon. So, all right. The last three questions are all Will sent you now. So uh, we'll get you off the hook. We'll get you some blogs. Or now I'm here. on the hook. Now I don't know. <laughs> on the bulldog hour here. First up, what's the most entertaining game you've covered? Now you say you've been to Gursky in a while. Right. When was the last? What was the biggest game? The most entertaining one you've covered? Or, or maybe just been. At? Uh, well, I think it goes as far as a witness and doing coverage as well. And it was last year's Warwick game. I mean, we rush about this all the time. How you know a Warwick alum, I guess, a little biased because I know that history maybe a little better than other people. But last year Warwick gave you guys a fight. And I mean, I think all things considered, and I think I'm safe to say this since we're a year removed. I mean, Wilson was lucky to get out dodge with that win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we talked about it on the yeah. So, I mean, that was the best Wilson game I saw. And, I mean, you guys talked about it last year, too. It's kind of weird because he did – I mean, Wilson did win, but it did kind of feel like a loss in some way. To, and I'd seen, but, I mean, Warwick had that Hail Mary at the very end. They weren't able to get done. But that was a fantastic game. And, luckily, for Wilson, you guys were able to pull it out. So. Well, that's actually the first time we met in person. Correct. We've been acquaintances online. Wow, right. we got to meet you that week. Um, but, yeah, we feel a little weird after the game because, man, it was a – it's an interesting environment there. Yeah. So, um, what's the most exciting Bulldog player you've seen play? Oh, uh, man, that's a tough one. Um, this isn't uh, this is meant to be a cop-out, and it's going to be. Uh, I think, I mean, Iggy's a great player. Uh, he jumps to mind. I'm kind of too young to remember Chad when he was quarterbacking. I mean, I did see one game when he did in you know, three, I think, it, or no, oh, one. Uh, but I'm still too young to really comp. Uh, yeah. We got crushed. <laughs> I'm still kind of too young to comprehend how just fantastic he was. But for me, when I think of Wilson football, you guys touch again. You touch on this, uh, touch on this all the time. It's just the fact that it's a reload all the time. I mean, some of the same faces say every single year, but by and large, it's a new cast of characters, a new senior class that's leading the, leading the way. And for me, I'm, I, that's just awesome to see because you guys are always consistently there. You're not just relying on one bell cow to bring you home for two or three years. And then once he graduates, gets his diploma, then it's kind of like, geez, where do we go from here? But Wilson's always steady Eddie. They're always going to be there. That's never going to change, uh, at least in my mind. So that's, again, I know that's a cop-out answer, but I think it's all a good answer. So. Hey, that's fine with and me. It's the truth. Uh, last thing, just closing thoughts for us on the, the Wilson program. You touched know, on it a little bit just now, but you know, just what what is your opinion? You know, an alum of a rival school, right. um, an LL team. 
what are your thoughts about the Wilson football team? It's it's first class. Uh, I mean, there, there's no other way to say it. I mean, it, and even the extra stuff, like you guys doing an entire show the, the, uh, revolving around the team. I mean, I would be a fan of anybody that does that with any LL team, but for you guys, you obviously have a specific market for that. I mean, there's just such a love, such a passion, and I mean, you guys take it seriously, and it's the real deal. And like I said, I know you guys are, you guys do a great job. Um, trying to look at the time. I'm hoping, hoping yeah, not to get run over by the guys. Yeah, so we're, we're ending on a good good time here. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, I have nothing but great things to say. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully I bring you guys a win. I mean, I know you're looking for it. You got work to do here this season, but it's going to be tonight. Hemfield's a very dangerous team, and I know this will air after the game, but uh, we shall see. It's, it should be a good one for sure. Well, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate the support you've given us Absolutely. over these years, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, and maybe next year before the season starts, we can get you in studio. I'm going to wrap off the air just in, in, uh, since you guys are here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Andy. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, so that was our lengthy interview with Andy Herr. You know, we never think that these are going to go on. You know, five minutes, five minutes. You know, it's like yeah. 12 minutes later. You right, know? well, because it ends up being just like when you and I are talking about yeah. stuff. We end up, like, talking about it instead of more just straight-up interviewing things. Um, we've had a lot of good discussions with Andy. I, I You know, a couple, couple highlights from that. My favorite part is when he gives Columbia the shout-out because um, that's always going to be <laughs> Which near. Which is instigated by yourself. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, I kind of made him do it, but that's good. But you that knew he was. You knew I'm that was glad where he, he was going. right. Yeah, Andy abides and and <laughs> you know and 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 throws me a bone and 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 we move on. But in all honesty, I think it sums it up when when we ask the Wilson specific questions and you know he talks about how you know the the Warwick game last year, um, and that's one we've talked about a lot. But how in a win it kind of felt like a loss at, in the moment. Um, and I I said to you like. That's the type of program you want to be. You want to be a type of program where you can have wins. Now, obviously, you hope to have wins that are great every every time. That's sure. your goal. But when you are a program where the bar is hot, so high that you can have wins that just aren't good enough, that's the that tells you about how high the bar is set. And and that that is how it is for Wilson. And that that's a good thing, you know, because um, you know, I I know Coach Dom's all the time you know, talks about this, whether it's school or whether it's for the football team, like the bar does not change. The bar is excellence, right? And you need to strive for excellence. I'm not, he's not going to lower the bar. So the expectations are high. And so coming out of, you know, a a disheartening loss, you know, something that you can't let one loss become two. I know Andy talked about that in his article that he wrote up. So you should check, check that out for on Eastern PA uh, football. Um, You know, you can't let one loss become two and, Wilson, Wilson, you know, had had a lot to battle here because Hemfield was no slouch. No, not at all. And you know, you heard Andy mention that, and you know, he kind of we we knew going in. I think we talked about it on the show like this wasn't going to be an easy game. One, it's on the road, which is never easy right. in high school football. Two, this team had won four in a row and had been putting up a lot of points. Yeah, fifty some points a game. And you're going to see their quarterback. I think, it's the, sec- I think it's the receiver. second time second time this season we've gone against a team. Who has been averaging fifty some points a game in the games leading up Warwick, to Warwick, the first one, right? Yeah, you know. So, man, we've we've had some of these offenses come against us when they're clicking. And, Andy was confident. I I think we were getting there, and uh, well, well, we were able to get it done, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Wilson gets the win, twenty-one to ten. Again, maybe one that's a little bit, you know, even though it's only eleven point separation probably may look bigger than it really was or felt because we didn't get ahead until 
for good until the beginning of the fourth quarter. Right. And we're able to hold on because of a great special teams play and then some good offensive clock management and then uh, defensive effort. And we'll see all of that when we do the highlights. But Wilson beats Hempfield 21-10. to Get back in the win column. Start a new winning streak. Got a picture of Troy's number one after the game for posterity's sake. Although I did see Jeff Reiner asked him, said something about a new streak starting. And as soon as he did, I said on the photo, and he said, there it is. <laughs> so I wasn't going to send it out because I was just like, well, I want to have it. And you mentioned this. You're like, I'll feel awful if they right. go and get into the 30s and 40s again, and I don't have the one. Right, right. Because, it, you know, it, to have it, you know, yeah, some people are like, oh, it's a one. I yeah, know. That's I know, why I didn't but it, it, it is one. But you know what? Hey, it is one. And you know what? We need to get it to two next week. That That's the that's the mindset. Absolutely. So, uh this win gives the Bulldogs a record of six and three. That uh, that total right there, the win total, guarantees Wilson a forty-second straight winning season, which is just crazy to think about. That it dates back that far into the mid seventies. And again, we've mentioned that the non-losing streak got to fifty-four this year. So two streaks still going on as well. Uh, another huge milestone for the program also occurred with the victory, and that was win number 550. So we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. But uh, team stats, again, relatively even. A very hard-fought game by both teams. Bulldogs had 18 first down, Black Knights 17. Rushing yards, both teams stayed on the ground a lot. Wilson had 239. Hempfield 180, passing yards just a yard under 100 for Urig at 99, and Himmelsbach for Hempfield had 143. Total yardage, very close. Wilson 338 to Hempfield's 323. Time of possession, though, dominated by the Black Knights. And if you were at the game, it felt like it. Yeah. I always felt like Wilson was on defense. Yes. Wilson had it under 20 minutes, and Hempfield had it for nearly 30. Yeah, it was... It was heavily in favor, and it was interesting. So Andy was in the press box that I was on top of uh, videoing the game, um, and when at halftime it went down, and he's just like, "Man, like watching the game, you know, and looking at the what you would expect the stats to be, like he thought they would be more lopsided than they were, and the score wasn't lopsided at all. You know, it, it was three nothing at halftime. Yeah. So the, um, the three nothing Hemfield at halftime. Right. The biggest reason that the Bulldogs didn't have the ball as much as they should have is that they were stopping Hemphill on first and second down, but when they get the third down, Hemphill got 14 third down opportunities and they converted seven. So yeah. they're 50% in that area. Now, Wilson did hold up on fourth down. They only allowed one of the three to be converted by uh, the Black Knights, and Wilson got their one that they needed as well. And we're going to see actually one of the Hemphill attempts in the highlights. Red zone, both teams missed on one occasion. Wilson was one of two. Hempfield, two of three. So why don't we take a look at the stats, or excuse me, the highlights now from the game in Landisville on Friday night and see the Bulldogs and Black Knights battle it out. All right, so October 27th, Bulldogs at Black Knights. Opening possession, Hempfield drove down the field, and we're going to see a nice hit by Trevor Hatley on defense here. He unloaded. Believe he broke his finger on this play. Uh, he was shaking it a lot and got it wrapped. If not, it was hit. It was a. Uh, it was hurting him pretty good. But 
Uh, Hemfield did stall. Bulldogs defense stepped up, got that field goal, and then the rest of the first half will go with no points. Uh, Wilson had some trouble holding on to the ball, keeping possession right there. You see a fumble that, thankfully for the Bulldogs, rolls way down into Hemfield territory, and it wouldn't end up hurting them. Uh, ha- ha- at halftime, it was 3 nothing because here in the red zone, the Bulldogs defense held up on fourth down, barely, barely stopping the stud wide receiver uh, who's committed to Temple, though, apparently is getting looks from Wake Forest. Now we're going to see another uh, nice out pass from Yurg to Angel Martinez. You'll hear his name again shortly. Uh, but that would be it for the Wilson offense uh, because that possession would end here with this interception. Again, same player that we talked about on offense. Uh, I believe it's Martin Robinson is his yeah. name. Uh, He's number really six. Good. Really, really good. good. He's been playing three-year player. I remember him two years ago. Uh, now we're going to see a little bit of uh, the, the Wilson defense step up here, sacked by Eddie Ortiz, and I'll be talking about him a little bit in a few minutes. And uh, Wilson ball now here, and a huge pass in the third quarter from Jurg to Roberson. I believe a 40-plus yard gain on that ball. And then they go back to Iggy, who you, we didn't have any highlights from him in the first half because he was bottled up. But in the second wow. half, he started getting things going and had multiple gains of 10, 15-plus yardage. And he would also finally get into the end zone, as you're going to see here on the next play. And I believe this play was on fourth down. What's the most unique thing about this play? Yurig's under center. Yeah. How often do you have you seen that in the last few years? So the first Wilson extra point attempt here, good. Wilson goes up 7-3. to three. Unfortunately for them, it wouldn't last as Hemphill would drive right down the field and score on their next possession, pushing their lead 10-7. to seven. Bulldogs would come right back with a heavy dose of Reynoso here, that, getting a nice big Was this the drive run. where they had six plays, all six by, were runs to Iggy? I believe so. Yeah. And then he eventually breaks one now here on the first play of the fourth quarter. I believe this was a 24-yard touchdown scamper by Reynoso, his second of the game. The extra point from Frankie Cox is good. So Wilson now goes up 14-10. to 10. On Hemfield's next drive, they forced a three and out and a punt, but... The punter is grazed by a Wilson defender and gets the running into the kicker first down. Thankfully, Wilson forced another punt, and then Nick Johnson up the middle, middle punt block, scoop and score, Angel Martinez, and that was a huge play for the Bulldogs. The extra point from Frankie Cox is good, and Wilson goes up 21-10, to 10, and obviously we know that's where it'll end. We're going to see some defensive highlights here as when needed most, they stepped up. A couple sacks, you're going to see Trevor Hatley come in on this one. The next play, you're going to see a nice team effort. I believe uh, Chris Price is in on this one eventually. I don't know, this, is, this one's Quinn Sprout and I think Wyatt Schonauer. And now we're deep into the fourth quarter. Hepfield needs one, and there's your team sack. Multiple guys all over Himmelsbach. Bulldogs get the ball back, need to run a few plays. They get a nice end around from Abdul McFoy. And then one from Iggy up the middle. Just worked that clock until they got enough yardage and wasted enough time to get into victory formation. So Wilson wins at Hempfield 21-10. to Again, that's the 42nd straight winning season for Wilson and win number 550 for the program. So... There you have it. There's the highlights from 
Hempfield. Yeah, um, like we mentioned, you know, it's a little bit um, of a slow start. Um, you know, offensively, they got things going, but then it would just be, you know, something here, something there, two turnovers. Yeah. Um, killed them. A- after, like, the one drive started at, like, you know, the nine and one, you know, they had a couple drives start deep in their own territory because the first punt went out of bounds at the two, you know, for Hemfield. So, like, they had a couple long drives out to midfield, and then they turned it over. Yep. Um, you know, so that kind of killed it. The name of um, the game right there. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you able – and they were moving the ball. So, if they were able to move it down and get a score, you drive 90-some yards twice in the first half for scores, man, that that's going to set the tone for the game. But it wasn't. And it's 3 nothing. And, you know, at that point, you start to worry, you know, are, are they going to start to doubt, you know – well, no. They came out and they the defense made some adjustments and they they really started to shore things up. And Hempfield still got some yards, but like you said, they didn't really. I mean, they got close down towards the end, you know. But they uh, the defense really stepped up, played played very strong in the second half for the for the most part. Uh, played really well. Um, you know, they were out. It was a bad matchup with is it Martin Robinson again? Yeah, Dave, like, I think David Martin Robinson. Yeah. So him. it's it's a tough matchup for anyone, you know, because he's. Big and can go up and get the ball um, as he did. You know, there were a couple of plays where I know, like, the defender's there and he just goes up and gets it because he's taller and can jump high. And it's just a tough position. So, um, but anyway, Wilson was able to get it going offensively enough and then, you know, was able to come through on some uh, special teams plays and kind of get a combined effort and, and turn things around pretty quickly there uh, once they got it going in the second half. Yep. All right, so we got the win, so we grabbed a few players. I actually tried to talk to uh, the special teams hero, Angel Martinez, but I didn't didn't track him down quick enough, and they <laughs> took had like a two-mile walk to the locker room because yeah. it's really weird where they go. So I uh, I grabbed a, a couple players after the game to talk about the victory and number one and hopefully a new winning streak. So we're going to hear from senior wide receiver outside linebacker Andrew Weller and freshman wide receiver safety Troy Corson. All right, we're post-game after the victory over Hempfield. Guys, close one, early. Resiliency showing in the second half. A special teams touchdown, something we, we hadn't gotten uh, enough this year, but came at a great moment after uh, Iggy and the offense put us up 14-10. to 10. Weller, uh, Weller on the punt team. Yes, Johnson with the block, Martinez with the scoop. What was it like being out there for that, there for that play? I honestly didn't even realize that we blocked the punt. Like I thought, like I start, I turned to go to the wall, and then I just see, where's the ball? And I turn around, and I see, I see Angel scooping and going. I know Angel's fast enough. No one's catching him once he's yeah. open. Field. Once he's got possession, he's gone. Yeah. And then you know, something's happening. And then I was, I was dancing down the field, having a good time because I knew, uh, at that point, I knew it, it, the game was over. We won it. Yeah. Now both of you guys play a huge role on defense. And you got to see some very strong players in their quarterback, number 11, uh, Himmelsbach, and number 6. What a receiver is he is. And they used him in a variety of different ways that not only did you see him often, but you did as well from your linebacker spot. What's it like going up against town like that? I believe he's headed to Temple. It's good competition right there, especially when he's at that height like that. Even if you're on him good, throw it up to him. Yeah. His combination of size and speed is its just something it's really hard to prepare for. It's, it's a, great, it's a like, great challenge on the field, though. Yeah, you have to get multiple bodies on the dude, and you, just, you have to flow the ball. You can't you can't let him by himself. So, 
walking this way. <laughs> Alright guys, coming on to Mam's how able to move on and uh, get your heads ready for this game against Hempfield. You know, get caught up in the emotion of last week. Just gotta forget about it. If you want to go to the playoffs, you gotta keep your head up. Yeah, every game from here on out, it's a playoff game. It's do or die at this point, and basically that's that's what's pushing us to play our best because we know, like especially me, I'm not gonna get another opportunity. We're only guaranteed one more game, so we make everything last. Guys, great defensive effort. Five and a half tackles for you, Troy. A breakup, uh, Weller. Four and a half from you. The tackle for an attack for a loss. Um, what did Coach Waldberg preach this week after uh, after the Township game last week? What was he telling you to focus on to play the Black Knights? Well, he was saying that their quarterback, he likes to run the ball more than he likes to pass. So you just have to ensure that you're not going to let him. They also warned us about six a lot. I thought like the running back would be a tougher. He was good. He was good. He was good. That's it. That's alright. We like it. We won't keep you here much longer. Uh, now get to go home, senior night, homecoming against Conestoga Valley, and uh, you know you get that victory. You're pretty much guaranteed a spot in the playoff field, probably a six, seven, or eight, depending on how things play out. Um, if you get the opportunity, you know there's teams in front of you that you've played already to see again. Would you want to see Township Dolphin, a team that's already gotten you once this year for a little revenge? I would, I would love to see Central Dolphin. I didn't really get to play in that game. Me neither. So that's true. Like if I get the opportunity, I want it. You want Dolphin? I want. I want a, shot, a second shot at any team. Sure. I think this district is competitive. Anyone in the field? Absolutely. Win it. This is a unique year. This d district is up for grabs. Right now, the best team, probably at least on paper, looks like Cumberland Valley. They're rolling against CD East tonight. But it really is. You get in, you can make some noise. And, you know, I know the coaches have been telling you that. Coach Tom's in post game last week at Township recounted the years uh, 2007, where they went seven and three and made it to the Final Four. Then, just uh, a few years later, actually, Coach Burke here, his junior year, you know, they were road warriors. They went on the, the road, beat Dan Boone, beat Cumberland Valley, and, and fell just short in the district championship. So there's a lot left to play for. We look forward to seeing you guys at home next week against CV and then in the playoffs. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. So we are thankful for Weller and Corson taking the time after the win over Hempfield to talk to us a little bit about playing following the Manham Township loss and some of the uh, great, great players that Hempfield had and looking forward to Conestoga Valley and the playoffs. So let's... Uh, not waste any time and let's join them. Um, well, you know, I guess we got to first got to recap the players of the game, the stats before we move on. So let's quickly do that. Uh, stats at Hempfield: Connor Urich, five of nine for 99 yards passing, four rushes for four yards. Reynoso, 31 for 211 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Abdul, three for 28 yards rushing, two for 33 receiving. Roberson had the big catch for 43 yards. Martinez had the 16-yard catch. He also had the punt block touchdown. Nick Johnson, nine and a half tackles and one punt block. <laughs> Hatley, six tackles, two for a loss, two sacks and a pass breakup. Corson, five and a half tackles, the breakup. Price, five tackles, one for loss being the sack. Weller, four and a half tackles, one for loss. And Ortiz with four and a half tackles, one of them for loss being the sack. And Magalotti also four and a half tackles. So, now that we're past week nine, a couple of season or career updates here. Connor Yurig has moved into fourth on the career passing yardage at Wilson with 3,397 yards. 
Uh, Zach Swizik's 3901 is third, so he uh, has a little bit of ways to go, but depending on how many games they get, he could could find that depending on the offensive performance. No one's catching Chad anytime soon. Chad Henney is number one at 7,071 in the Wilson record book. Uh, Connor is also tied for sixth in program history for career touchdown passes with Jake Templin at 32. Tony Sapolo's 34 is fifth. That'd be next up for Jurg, followed by Zach Swizek and Eric Hetrick's tie for third at 39. Iggy, his 2017 season to date, 184 carries for 1,212 yards and 18 touchdowns. That's 16th in program history for rushing yards. He's already 6th all-time in program history for total rushing yards at 2,874. Up next for him, about just 400. Just to be clear, you're just counting last year and this year. For yeah, that has nothing program. to do with Right, I, I'm just saying, yeah. This these has are, nothing to do these with These are Hamburg. program or, years, not right. just not Iggy's yeah. total years, right. which are even this more This is just amazing. at Wilson. Right. Um, up next for him, about 400 yards shy, is Alex Austin's fifth-place mark of 3,272. Eddie Ortiz, nine sacks this season. He's tied for sixth in program history with Rodney Hill. Roses, that's single season, by the way. So he's six with nine. Austin Roses, 13 from his junior year of 2013, is number one. He also is up to 14 and a half on the career list, which is fifth in program history. And Austin Roses, 23 and a half, is number one. Now, they only started tracking those, I think, in like 06 or something like that. Right. So we can't go back into the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I am 90s. sure Coach Wolver reminds the guys of, of that <laughs> often when if they started uh, throwing numbers yeah, around. I'm sure that one comes up. So, you know, looking at the stats in the game and the highlights, um, obviously Iggy could be player of the game. Iggy can yeah, be player of the game almost every time. week. Yes. You know, As probably Iggy goes, Wilson goes. Of these nine games, he probably should have been player of the game at seven or eight times. And I think he's gotten yeah. three. So um, we're not going to give it to him this week. Uh, there was another guy who's already been player of the game twice. That was a strong consideration. And um, Nick Johnson, you know, what a, a heck of a game from him. The nearly double-digit tackles, the huge block. But I think we're going to go a little bit different direction because this really was kind of a me- momentum shift in the Absolutely. game. Because at the point, you're only up one uh, you know, one score. Yeah, and honestly, you're only up four points. Yeah. So you know, a touchdown, you're you're losing again. So it's kind of a turning point in the game. You know, and I think the whole team kind of fed off that and really kind of buckled down after this point. So we're gonna piggy off, piggyback off of Johnson's block and give it to the guy who gets the headlines because he scored. Yeah. So our player of the game is senior wide receiver and cornerback Angel Martinez. For that, he did have that one nice reception. I did have a cool yeah, pick of it, but it was from behind Yurig, focused on Yurig. So you couldn't really make right. Angel out in the background, but it is a nice pick of Connor throwing the ball to him. But I did get from the opposite end zone Angel's scoop and score. And you can actually see uh, that Wayne Sear definitely got oh, a yeah. great pick of Angel on the return yeah. as he's right there uh, snapping away. And you can see our former AD, Mr. Polonis. They're yeah. smiling, seeing yeah. Wilson's doing it again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Angel Martinez is our player of the game for the Week 9 win over Hempfield. Yeah, so he's, Angel's had some key contributions at key times this year. So, he's really stepped up. I, I know you and I were talking about that a little bit. So, it's kind of cool to get to see him make, you know, because he's had some big plays, but they're not necessarily the plays that, you know, people are going to remember outside of the game. 
this is one they will. You know, uh, you you return a pump block for a touchdown. People will be talking about that one. So congrats, Angel. Uh, great game. Absolutely. So we talked about it a little bit already, but milestones and streaks. 550 program wins. I just uh, that's a lot of wins. <laughs> that's a lot of yeah. wins in less than the 75 years, and a lot of them have come over the last uh, you know four decades. Yeah. Well, when we were looking at it about how quick. We, how quickly we've gone, you know, in increments of 50, it's been pretty crazy. So, yeah. Um, and again, 42 straight winning seasons. Let's take a look at that incremental numbers we were talking about. I went back into um, Google newspaper archive and pulled out articles from the milestone wins in Wilson history. Win number 50 coming back in 1959. Nine years later, they got 50 more to win 100. And then seven years later, they get to 150. Six years later, they get to 200. Six years later, the 250. And then five years to 300. And now you're in the late 80s and early 90s, and things are starting to roll for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, you also notice that they apparently like to play Cedar Crest or that that school district, yeah. getting them against Cornwall, which I think was the precursor yes. to Cedar Crest. Cedar Crest uh, for 100. Cedar Crest for 250, Cedar Crest for 300. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also got uh, Lancaster, which I believe is the precursor to McCaskey, yes. um, which we'll see here next coming up on a big one. The most recent one there at the bottom, number 500, was against McCaskey just four years ago. So you can see how the winds have just been piling up 350 and 98, 400 and 04 on Monday game. We got a little uh, a, a milestone victory on a odd day most of the games obviously occurred on saturdays in the probably the first 40 years of wilson football and then fridays since then uh it was nice to see that win 450 came against the mustangs at mifflin Uh that always feels good and then like i mentioned win 500 at mccaskey just over four years ago and then the big one 550 on october 27 2017 at hempfield all right, so let's mo- keep it moving right along and get into our final regular season game preview, and that is against the Conestoga Valley Buckskins at Gursky on Friday, November 3rd. So what do we have to say about them? Well, this is the 12th all-time meeting between Wilson and Conestoga Valley. The Bulldogs hold the edge 9-2, to winning last year at Conestoga Valley 42-21 to on November 4th, 20, excuse me, 2016. And the last Buckskins win, well, you got to go back over four decades. Now, in fairness, we've only played them 11 times to date, so there haven't been a ton of opportunities. Right. But the last CV win, 12 to 7, the day before Halloween in 1976. Yeah. So hopefully we can keep that. Hopefully that's another one we we keep on our side, uh, you know, this week. So, like you said, um, you know, if you look at, at CV's schedule, Conestoga Valley's schedule here, um, you know, they, they started with a win, you know, against Ephrata, you know, which which they should beat them. Um, is moving to Section 3 next year. Um, you know, you have a win versus Solanco, who has come back and yeah. is a, a program that can definitely put up points, and they won 55-54 in overtime. So now all of a sudden you're looking at 2-0, and you know, and you're like, okay. Then they lose the Lampeter Strasburg, who again team. is a strong team, fifty-seven, fifty-four in overtime. 57, so yeah, so you look, they scored 49, 55, 54 in in three weeks, and are, are two and one. Then they they beat McCaskey, twenty-eight, twenty-five, so three and one. 
lose to Township, but put up 28 points against Township. Mm-hmm. Now, they gave up 49. Um, so, they lost there. They beat Lebanon by a touchdown. You know, so that was a little closer than I think some people expected. But then, you know, they have struggled as of late. They they lost to Penn Manor by two touchdowns. Um, they lost. They almost got doubled up against Hemfields. They 64-36. And Warwick, they gave up 55 uh, just last week. So, now, they, they have struggled giving up points. But Yeah, they, they, they've got nothing on defense, at least of late. They, they do 64. have some talent on offense, though. Oh, absolutely. Jose Barbon is one of the best in the yeah. LL. Yeah, he's um, getting, like, big-time recruits. Any section. Yeah. Um, Hemfield scoring 64. I mean, Himmelsbach and Martin Robinson are good players, but, I mean, I – man. We held him to 10. Right. I, I think, what is Iggy going to do right. uh, against this team? And now, this maybe is they Warwick, sell out. And it was Warwick without Grayson, which we've seen they've had some good moments, you know, but – you know, they were down, not their quarterback they were coming into the year with and, and put up 55, you yeah. know, so. So I, it'll be interesting to see if the offense can really get things going here and, and get, you know, five, six scores against Conestoga Valley. How much can Iggy do? Will they sell out to stop Iggy and make Yurg beat him with his you can, arm? You can pretty much count on it because. And they'll have to try. Right. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, you know, it, and, and that's not, I'm not saying that about the other aspects of our team. I'm just saying, like, if you, you've got a player like Iggy, every team is going to sell out to stop him. And if they're not going to, they're going to end up paying for it. You know, yep. like, then that, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Like, whatever they do, because I'm confident that, you know, if they're selling out to stop him, our other guys are going to take advantage. So, um, you know, you can kind of see from the numbers, we should be able to, to score. And the defense, though, defense is going to have their work cut out for them because they like to score and they've been able to score against some quality teams too. So, you better watch out because they've got some some talent. You know, we just saw a, you know a D one recruit at wide receiver last week make some spectacular plays. There's one that's even maybe more um, you know highly touted maybe yeah. um, it, it, at CV coming in this week. So better be better be awake. And if maybe maybe you know the difference between the players isn't as big, but he's in a system they like to air it out. You know, oh, for sure. so like you're you're gonna get to see him pass the ball. So. Uh, be ready. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we hope to see you there this Friday, November 3rd, 7 o'clock at Gursky is kickoff. It is senior night, so come out and cheer on the guys that have been playing with the program, a lot of them since uh, Mighty Mites. A lot of uh, a great tradition there, a lot of big family names graduating, and uh, come out and support them in what could be the final home game for them, depending on what plays out. Uh, in week 10 around District 3, we got some huge games with playoff in- implications. Yeah. Uh, current number three seed, Red Lion, goes to number six, Dallastown. Number nine, Central York, goes to 5A, number five, York William Penn. Number one team in D36A, Cumberland Valley, travels to the number one team in 5A and maybe the number one team in any classification of that is Harrisburg. Although Pine Richland and 6A may have something to say about that. Man, Man, what what a game that would be. Oh, my gosh. Oh, (laughs) I would love to see that game. Uh, Non-D3 team State College, but mid-pen member State College goes to number five Central Dolphin in a huge showdown for them. Yeah, State College is a good team this year, too. And number four in D36A CD East goes to number two in 4A Bishop McDevitt. Right, so... Oh, Heck of a schedule. I know uh, Mike Drago sent games. sent out a list of the games a couple weeks, or actually you did. Actually, he, I did. He, yeah, yeah. He hopped on that. Like it's kind of crazy what what could happen here. So yeah. So um, if we'd see 
uh, Dallas Town lose to Red Lion. Um, Cumberland Valley lose to Harrisburg. Central Dolphin lose to State College. And CD East lose to McDevitt. Wilson could possibly move up as high as four, we think. Right. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, guess, a it's, it's a guessing game. But, but again, who we're going to play, I mean, until pretty much probably not until Sunday. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, you'd like to see it know, late Friday night or early Saturday. Yeah, but, but when does Harrisburg play? If they're well, at Harrisburg, Harrisburg so that's on, not going to be until Saturday afternoon. Honestly, I think Cumberland Valley loses. I think they still stay number one. I think one is CV win or lose. Two's Township, as long as they don't lose, which they're not going yeah. to. Yeah, well, it, it's going to add, it, you know, Harrisburg's not going to hurt their, their um, you know, strength of schedule at all. Right, <laughs> no. And uh, so, Cumberland Valley, Manheim Township, Red Lions, CD East, Central Dolphin, Dallastown, Wilson at 7, Hempfield 8, Central York at 9. Only one, those are the only teams worth mentioning because all the ones 10 and lower, I don't think of any chance of making it. So, basically, that one of those nine teams will be left out. Right now, it's Central York. So their game at William Penn, a five A school, is huge. If they want to, they want a chance. They have to win. They lose, yeah. they're done. Yeah, and, and we, uh, you know, we're in a spot. Like I said, it's kind of a guessing game, but we're in a spot where we believe if Wilson wins, they're absolutely in. Um, it would be yes. hard to come up with I, a scenario where they're not. I really, especially can't. with teams behind them playing five A schools, it would, yeah. it would be tough. However, um, you know. Wilson wins. They need to handle their business. No like, worse than seventh. Right. And they're not going to jump behind Hempfield after just beating them. Right. So you're you're looking at a at worst, I'd say six seven. Right. Um, at best four. Yeah. So, so you know, it all depends on how the football falls Friday night or Saturday afternoon, depending on what game you're talking about. But I think the biggest ones that impact Wilson will happen Friday night. So the sometime Saturday. Central Dolphin, CD yeah, East. CD East, Central Dolphin, and Red Line Dallas Town. Those are yeah. the big ones. For the Bulldogs. All right. One last milestone or two to mention before we leave. The win versus Hempfield was Coach Doms is 135th as head coach. He's now 17 away from passing John Gersky's record of 151. 17 would give him the record. Coach Doms, one win away. I've been hyping this up for, for weeks yeah. now. I saw Mike Drago is caught on to it. But Coach Doms is now one win away from 400 victories with the program. 264 as an assistant plus the 135 as head coach. So they beat Conestoga Valley. He's got 400. That's, crazy. That's amazing. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> All right. So like the Facebook pages, follow us on Twitter, hit us up on like Instagram. And like and share. Live game updates with photos and video now via Facebook Live at every Wilson football game. Whew, this was a long one, but we got a lot of good information. So yep. – um, next week will probably be a little shorter. Yeah, a little bit shorter. So. We'll, we'll keep it under an hour for sure. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, but, hopefully, talking about that district matchup. Yeah, we'll be talking about playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. <laughs> no. All right. Anything else to say before we go? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour for Justin Raffoff and the Wilson Football Program. I'm Joe Mays, and remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.